everyone, welcome back to the Zelda Informer Podcast, episode number 16. Obviously, I'm back after a one-week hiatus. Thank you, Alfred, for really picking up the pieces last week and throwing together an awesome short podcast. Uh, I completely forgot the latter half where we're supposed to talk about our favorite part of the week. <laughs> it, it's okay. It was the first podcast you had to run without any help. So That's true. You did, you did a really good job throwing it together with very short notice. Um, I had some personal stuff going on, but uh, I don't want to say the personal stuff necessarily cleaned up, but I've I've found my my passion, my dedication again to get this going. Um, so this week, things are going to be a little bit different. Uh, we're going to start with our fan topics first, because I don't have any topic Zelda-wise that I want to talk about <laughs> this week. Uh, I, well, it could have become Zelda-wise topics, but they're not based around Zelda. Uh, so I always like to start off the Zelda Informer podcast with Zelda topics. So that's why we're going straight to our fan topics this week. And all of them come from Facebook. And I apologize to everyone who might have tried to get us in other places. I just didn't have time today. Uh, but I will double check our YouTube, our email, and all the other stuff. And make sure if you submitted anything there that it will be there next week. Uh, so you have all the dibs right now in the world if I didn't get to your topic this week through any other method. Um, so, starting right off, uh, Charlie Let's Mag. introduce our guests first. Oh, yeah. Mate. Oh, yeah. We, we have two we people, have people on the podcast that aren't No, us. we don't have anybody else on the podcast. No, that's right. Uh, so, see, this is what happens. I take one week off, and I forget that's, how to host. That's what you've got me here for. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, obviously, uh, you've heard Alfred talking. He's the co-host. Uh, picks me up when... I'm making mistakes like this. <laughs> and then uh, we also have Mr. Daniel. Oh, hello. Care to, ex- care to explain uh, what you do at Zelda Informer? Uh, hey, I'm new. But, yeah, basically I <laughs> I uh, make some of the videos that you guys see on the YouTube channel. So Yeah, sorry about uh, the, your most recent video. Uh, oh, that's, well, that, wasn't, that wasn't supposed to go live yet. Um, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it hasn't been posted to the site yet, because like, I have different things I have to... haven't linked the videos at the end, I haven't changed the thumbnail. Uh, anyways, that's what I get for uploading it in the middle of the night and forgetting to set it to private. Oops. Um, <laughs> it's okay, it hasn't been to our site where a majority of our viewers are from yet, so, so. so far, the comments are pretty positive, though. People seem to like it, so... Yeah, so yeah, he uh, provides some extra video content. Uh, it's been great stuff. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, and speaking of video content, we have one of my favorite YouTubers on the cast, Mr. McIntyre. Oh, McIntyre hey, Productions. He's back again. Thanks. Um, hey, I'm McIntyre Productions. Some people call me Andy. Um, what I typically do on a channel is um, very well known doing Zelda theories. Uh, I'm actually working on one right now, actually. Um, it should be up Friday, and when I say Friday, it'll probably be up on Saturday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Maybe. that how it always goes? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, if you like what you're hearing, then I post all that stuff up on uh, my YouTube channel, McIntyre Productions. If you like that, then hey, you're here. Yep, and I love it, and part of it's because you just have the best talking voice, man. That's like <laughs> butter. So smooth. So yep. smooth. Thank you. Um, so now we'll get into the topics. There you go. Week. Now we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Charlie Mag from our Facebook page. Uh, said, if you put the Zelda series in order from Skyward Sword, uh, where do the timelines split? Which, if this feels like a really obvious question. Um, 
what causes it, and is there going to be a game about Ganon's side? So this question is really weird. Um, yeah. Th- th- there's only one spot in the whole timeline that any split occurs right now. It's Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. It's all explained in Hyrule Astoria. So, Charlie, in case you don't aren't aware, I'll just give the, the basic rundown. Skyward Sword, there's some time-traveling stuff. You beat the game. Zelda feels bad that you skipped your childhood, so she sends you back in time. In Ocarina of Time, not Skyward and, Sword. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. In Ocarina of Time, yeah. So she sends you back in time to relive your childhood. And while you go back in time, you go to warn Zelda, and then the events that happened when you first played through Ocarina of Time end up not happening. So it creates two timelines. Then there's a third timeline split that was announced with Hyrule Historia, and that is where Link's going to fight Ganon, trying to defeat him, and he ends up failing. It's inferred that he dies, um, and that creates the third split where Ganon ends up winning. Um, and that's where most of the old games take place, and then Link to the Past, Zelda 2. Um, Link Between Worlds is over there, too, uh, so there are some newer games. But that's where, uh, that's where all of the currently known splits come from. However... Obviously, the fact that there's a split created off a of death kind of means there's infinite possibilities of splits with the series, um, which Nintendo might have done on purpose because they always they don't really want to ever be held back um, by story. Lore, but yeah, by story like lore wise, they had a really cool story reason to do something, but they're like, oh, we can't because like that character already died or this happened or that. They can come up with infinite excuses now to split it off. It's basically like the multiverse in DC Comics and Marvel now. They're like, yeah. oh, well, we got this character in this timeline so we can keep him going. Except they reset their universe a lot. All the time. <laughs> All, the time. All the time. Zelda Zelda has yet to do that. Um, Not but it might, you might get to that point. We get, that might be a topic for another day. Um <laughs> So, uh, in terms of is there going to be a game about Ganon's side, um, I have no idea. Uh, I think I, the, I closest, assume... the closest we got to that was uh, Ganondorf's story mode in Hyrule Warriors, but otherwise, I guess not. Mm-hmm. Or probably not. Yeah. yeah, and Hyrule Warriors you know, is a spin-off game, technically not canon, so none of that it you mean, matters. You don't ship Lona and Link like I do, Nate? <laughs> I a totally canon couple. Oh boy, no, well, I like, do not. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's possible since Nintendo always likes to do really, really um, innovative stuff. At least when it comes to the gameplay design. But in terms of an actual game where Gandalf is like the lead, I'm not particularly sure. Like that seems kind of out there, in all honesty. But maybe it's going to come sooner than we think. Yeah, the only thing I can point to is again uh, Miyamoto back during E3 this year stated. Uh, a very interesting quote about side games. I don't have the quote right in front of me. I did bring it up in a prior podcast episode. Mm. But he essentially said that they've been looking into side games uh, and that they're not opposed to doing side games for, for Zelda. Um, and that one particular idea they had for a side game had to do with Sheik, which is you know one of the more obvious things because fans have been asking what happened in those seven years um, for a long time and seeing it through the eyes of Sheik, a.k.a. Princess Zelda. Sorry, spoiler warning. <laughs> I, totally, I totally play that Whoa. game, though. That'd be a wicked <laughs> um, game. It just just totally blew blew anyone's mind who has not played Ocarina of Time. Oh, you got to put Marvel uh, Warriors. You got to put a spoiler warning <laughs> before I say it. I know, not after. <laughs> um, um, so that I'm I'm sorry. I, I tend not to spoiler warning anything that's over ten years old. I oh, just, yeah. as I said in um, my video, actually, <laughs> it's like guys, uh, twenty years later. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really. 
I, you know, it's possible, you know, if they do the Sheik thing, obviously that would be kind of like a Princess Zelda story. Uh, they could easily do a Ganon one if they want. And obviously what happens in the downfall timeline, like when Link dies, that would be a really cool thing to follow. Um, and that's just one possibility. Obviously, you could really pick any game. You could pick Twilight Princess. You could pick Link to the Past. There's so many different games you could pick and just play Ganondorf side of things and see what, what he's seeing, his perspective. Um, and I always thought that would be really cool in The Wind Waker, given what we know of his perspective. Um, isn't exactly wholly evil, and it'd be really cool to see how he got to that point. Um, so I always thought it would be cool, but I, you know, we don't know. Until, until a side game that's not like a Hyrule Warriors, like a canon story-based side game um, happens, I don't, it, it's hard for me to say it's going to happen for Ganon. Granted, Tingle ended up having his own series, so... That was, it wasn't really, like, sold <laughs> widely, though. So it wasn't like... It, it did okay in Japan to have a trilogy. <clears throat> in Japan. Well, he's, that's the only place that likes him. Besides well, honestly, like, Tingle kind of strikes me as, like, a horror character. Like, someone you can see, like, the shiny <laughs> oh. or something. You're going to diss my hero like that? Oh, man. <laughs> Seriously, it, I'm, th- I'm 30. Someday I'm going to put on some spandex and pretend I'm a kid again. It's just going to happen. Someday. Um, some every day i just don't own the spandex part that's the only thing um yeah so i i hope that kind of answers things for you charlie uh, obviously we have no idea if there's ever going to be a game but the splits are clearly explained so you know well, if you didn't know that they're now, explained they're explained yeah there's a lot of disagreement that especially with the third split the downfall timeline and but you could get in all those debates out there with the lots and lots of zelda fans but that's what where the splits happen Skyward Sword really has nothing to do with the splits at yet, unless there's a new split that we don't know about. Yeah. Because um, there, there, I think there was a theory out there, uh, I can't remember which YouTuber it was by, uh, about a potential for uh, this game, Breath of the Wild, the new one coming out next year, potentially splitting off into a separate timeline from Skyward Sword. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the next fan topic we have comes from David Johnston. Again, all of these come from our Facebook page. Which Zelda game, in your opinion, has the most well-written characters? Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask. Or Sad Sword as well. <laughs> yeah, but I still say Majora's Mask first. Oh. I know he <clears throat> really likes Skyward Sword, and mm-hmm. the characters in that game are very well-written. But, like, there's... <laughs> At the same time... Not- you have Midna from Twilight Princess. Yeah, but there's more, like, more characters uh, that are given depth in Majora's Mask. Oh, totally. Like each, each side character is given a struggle, is given, um, they're given a backstory, and how, I think I'm talking about this in whatever editorial I'm writing right now, not currently, but, you know, um, about how <laughs> each uh, character isn't necessarily affecting the story, but they're being affected by the story, and we're being shown how... Um, the events of Majora's Mask are affecting them personally, like the Cafe and Andrew mm-hmm. storyline. Um, so it has very well-written characters with real emotions and real struggles. And yeah, there's like there's pretty well-written characters in Skyward Sword, but if you really think about that, that's just a lot of tropey characters. Mm-hmm. Like Ooh, you've you got it up. you've got Groose, who's a tropey character, who I'll admit has a very good character development, but at, he's very tropey. Pompadour. Um, yeah. <laughs> Gear Bruce him. Land, baby. 
Gruesome. It's 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 still very well written, just not as well written as Majora's Mask, in my factual opinion. No, I, I agree I, with you. I, I just made a video about it. <laughs> so <laughs> you can hear my opinion there, but no, Majora's Mask is really it's also very like all the characters are super emotional too. Like you get more attached to these weird side characters than you do some of the main characters in most other games, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's hard to say any other game but Majora's Mask, and that's not because you know the the writing. I think overall has at times been better for specific characters. Like I think Ganon's writing in The Wind Waker might be the epitome of villain writing that I have mm-hmm. seen in the Zelda series. Well, he was slightly sympathetic in that game too. He was yeah. Like well, yeah. It was obviously a different. It was a different take on him as mm-hmm. well. But it's like the most we've actually seen from that character beyond. He's just the evil guy who wants to destroy the world. Um, You know, obviously there's the theories about trying to protect his people and yada, yada, yada. But um, But yeah, like, I would suppose like my favorite written character, now that I really think about it, uh, would have to be Colin in Twilight Princess. Um, Basically, like in the beginning of, let's say, the game, he's always getting picked on by the other kids and such and always looks up to Link. Um, and then basically around the Kakariko portion, um, where, you know, the King Bulblin comes in and just, uh, uh, is going to ran over one of the girls. I forgot what her name was. Um, but then, like, um, he was about to run away, and he didn't. And I love that show, don't tell kind of mechanic. I was gonna run away like all the others, but then he stopped and then wondered, oh, what would Link would do? And he went back and actually saved the girl, but he got captured instead. Sure. And then, and then basically he was saying that he wanted to be strong like Link. And that really, like, from an emotional level, um, that really, really, like, hit you. And I think that's one of my high points in Twilight Princess's writing. I could totally agree with that. Yeah. And, and that's what's that's what's tough about this question is because there's a lot of individual characters that Nintendo has written very, very well. But when we're talking about, you know, because he says which is all the game, like, I think of the whole game, it's hard for me to say anything about Majora's Mask because... Majora's Mask is the only game so far in the series, in, in my opinion at least, where the characters are what make the world matter. All the other games, you're just told, go save this land, go save your sister, go save Zelda. Um, you know, the characters are there, but they're not necessarily relevant. They're not really driving you to want to save the world. Because, um, you know, if you think at the beginning of Majora's Mask, everything you're doing is for a selfish reason. You Skull Kid came, jacked your stuff, put a curse on you, and all you're really trying to do is just get back to where you were with Epona and no curse. Like, that's the basis for you trying to do anything in Majora's Mask. But then something happens when you just start talking to anyone. Even if you don't talk to the characters in Clocktown, just the progression of the characters' speeches throughout the dungeons. It, it, it's kind of set up in this way where it makes you care about the people. And it starts being where Termina isn't really a land, per se. It's not like a piece of land that you're just protecting from getting destroyed. It's people that you're protecting from getting destroyed. It's the only game in the series that makes me feel like these characters matter. That they have lives. Uh, that they care about what's going on in the world. That they're affected by the world around them. Um... And a lot of other games aren't like that. Even in, like, Twilight Princess, as amazing as Colin is, as amazing as I think Midna is in that game, um, I even like Xan's progression up until, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler warning, you know, Ganondorf kind of jacks the story. I 
that's the only thing I don't like about Zant's progression. But then you go to Castletown and you just have all these irrelevant characters you can't even interact with all over the place. Like, it, it just kills the experience for me. Like, why do I care about these people who are just there to clutter? No one gives a crap. No one's affected by anything. Um, besides, you know, obviously the resistance is there. But, you know, again, those are a few characters out of the hundreds I'm seeing on my screen that I can't even interact with. Well, the Resistance characters really aren't fleshed out either. Like, no, yeah, yeah. and there's issues with them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, like, they're, they're not all, they're like, not examples of good. They're, they're, all they're very interesting characters. Yeah, but I just I want more from them. Yeah, they're they're kind of like we had this really great idea, but they never fleshed it out. Mm-hmm. That's what those those characters kind of felt like to me. So, it's hard for me. It, Majora's Mask just as a collective. You know, I, there's been better written individual characters. But there hasn't been a better world built around those characters. And that's kind of what Majora's Mask did with that. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, even if you look at it, to date, to this day, all character interactions are basically compared to Majora's Mask. And there's a reason for that. You know, a lot of the Wind Waker's best interactions with characters are stuff that started in Majora's Mask. Just the basis of how the stories are told. Um, how those characters, you know, grow up and inspire. Like, you know, in Skyward Sword, I really love how they do the story and how they handle the characters. But again, it's really only in Skyloft. Mm-hmm. And well, there really aren't yeah, any other characters. Well, like there are other, there, yeah, there are other characters, but they're just they're not. Well, they don't, don't really, matter. Like you have the traveling Goron and stuff. That like, okay, cool, but he doesn't seem to be negatively impacted by anything. So. You know, whatever he's just traveling and making some maps like okay cool um you know you have the robots and there's a lot of like interesting things where you want to learn some history of the land but there's nothing that makes you outside of maybe uh maybe the spirits or the dragons and stuff maybe they make you kind of wonder a little bit more but again those are minor moments when in majora's mask every moment feels like it impacts people that is how the game is built it's not just how the characters were written it's how they're built around a time mechanic um so there's a lot more elements to that with that might never again exist in a zelda game because i don't think any zelda game is going to try to put a specific limit on the entire game like that (laughs) um because it is a lot easier to build characters out in a way um where they just do that same thing for 72 straight hours in the game and that's it um, you know, versus having a big open world like Breath of the Wild, where you could potentially have years of you know people just spending years in game traveling around, um, and having those characters have something going on different every single day for years. Um, they do it at Animal Crossing. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> those are that's a, a little more simplistic. <laughs> but I think with that's Animal Crossing, that's like the whole point of Animal Crossing, right? That's not really the whole point of Zelda. So if you can yeah, have that yeah. in Zelda, it's great. Right, like yeah. Majora's Mask, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's, and I think that's why in other games we have seen Majora's Mask like side quests, Majora's Mask like characters, uh, where they have relationships and things are going on. You're trying to help them out, and I think we're going to get a lot of that in Breath of the Wild. I think a lot of the villages themselves that we end up discovering are going to be built around that Majora's Mask like concept—a really tight knit community that's affected by the world around them, and it's going to make you want to do more than just go defeat the bad guy. Um, that's will at least be, what, what, I'm, be what I'm getting. Generated. I have no idea. <laughs> Probably not. Will it be infinite? Will we be able to see other players in the game? <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy. <laughs> yes. You, you promise? <laughs> uh, 
Definitely. Okay. It's very, very unlikely. The world oh. is so big. Okay. But, yes. The, the open air <laughs> world with procedurally generated trees. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, yeah. I, I hope it gave you some stuff to think about, David. Obviously, a lot of big heavy lean towards Majora's Mask. But we brought us some other games <laughs> that have, have you know individual really great characters. Um, so, yeah. Pretty much everything, I feel like, from Majora's Mask on, there's an example in the game of you know a handful of characters that have done really, really well the story. Um, Chris Forbes, uh, he says, with Wind, Waker, uh, with Wind Waker HD, we saw the addition of Tingle Bottles, which added limited social interaction between players online. Would you like to see Breath of the Wild use a similar method for interaction and how could it help or hinder the game? So I have, a, like, I instantly think of Dark Souls' little, like, messages yeah. on the ground. Like, that's just what pops into my head right away. Well, like, that's basically what Tingle Bottles are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty much the same thing. I just imagine them being, like, you know, right before you go into a dungeon, it's like, well, here, like, be prepared for this, this, or this um, whenever you go into the dungeon. Which, you know, you could probably turn on or off. Sure. To make the game easier or difficult, I don't think it's going to be nearly as difficult as a Dark Souls game. No, um, but that's well, there's also that's... things. Uh, what is it? Uh, I think Zombie U, one of the first games for the Wii U, it uh, had areas where people could put messages on the walls. Yeah, like that. Like that was really cool. Um, and I, I don't... there's other games. The Splatoon has that in some ways in the main town. Actually, it has it in some of the maps too, uh, where yeah. some Miiverse stuff comes up on the walls. I don't think we're going to see anything like multiplayer, you know, you're going to be able to run into, um, like, kind of like in uh, Hyrule Warriors where you have, like, the ghost characters that you can get online that, yeah. like, um, come into the game that you can, like, not that kind of interaction. I'm thinking, like we said, more along the lines of the Dark Souls messages on the ground or mm -hmm. tingle bottles or what have you. And that's that's the only thing that I could think, really, that Nintendo would do. I don't think we're going to get any of that, to be honest. Well, I'm just, just to answer Yeah, yeah, the I know, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah. um, like, he says, you know, would you like to see Breath of the Wild use some other method? I, not really. <laughs> um, and now, that's not to say I dislike Tingle Bottles. Um, I am mad that that's how they replaced the Tingle Tuner. Like, they did have this content, you know, already in the game, and then they with a game that already has a gamepad that you should just be able to hand off to a friend so they could drop bombs. Like It's the one time that the Tingle Tuner might have actually got played with, and they just <laughs> decided to be lazy and cut it out and replace it with Tingle Bottles, probably to help push Miiverse at the time or something. I don't know. Um, I, I thought that the Tingle Bottles themselves were kind of interesting, uh, even though you know most of the Tingle Bottles were useless. You know, They, they come from your friends or floating around. Um, it is kind of cool, you know, if you if you have a, a buddy that you and him are kind of going back and forth, hiding, you know, with, with well, you don't really hide them because you don't control the tingle bottles are, but um, you know, going back and forth trying to find all of each other's messages, you know, and trying to put them together. Like I had a buddy uh, who I I must have made, psh, I don't know how many tingle bottles, but he found every single one of them. It was it was over fifty of them, and he put together basically what my next editorial was going to be at Zelda Informer. I had it all spread out through the game, so anyone who was friends with me on uh, my Wii U account, they could have potentially gotten my entire editorial before it ever went live. Oh, wow! Um, so it, it was kind of just a cool thing I was I was kind of throwing out there, um, seeing if anybody spot picked it up and, and someone actually did. They found every single bottle and put it together. 
Um, they also found like typos in it, but uh, one of <laughs> I was ty- I was retyping my entire editorial on the Wii U gamepad, so give me a break. Um, <laughs> anyways, using the limitations of the Tinglebot, so like I, I thought there was some really cool interactions that you could do with it, kind of like that. Um, but it just Breath of the Wild doesn't feel like a game that needs that. Uh, it's a game built on all this e- explorative stuff, and I feel like there could be some confusion if I see something somewhere a symbol or a message that might be like yeah is that from another player or is that from the game because this world is huge this world is really about being by yourself again um you know obviously you're always linked but like it doesn't appear you have a companion in this game it doesn't appear um you rely upon anything but yourself and if you start throwing multiplayer tingle bottles into the mix you know, tingle bottle like things or messages on walls. It kind of breaks that little immersion you have with that world. Um, in kind of a weird way, this is just my overall opinion with Breath of the Wild. It almost feels like Breath of the Wild is like the ultimate like Zelda game. And multiplayer, as much as I enjoy the multiplayer Zelda games, as much as I enjoy the tingle bottles, that's not really what the core of Zelda is about. Um, so for them to like build this game that I think is really establishing or reestablishing the core of Zelda, it just it doesn't need it. Um, plus, I think it would be really difficult for them because they're going to have a split player base between the Wii U and NX as well. So oh. that might be that might be difficult for them to even try to do something like that. Well, I mean, as long as it's the Miiverse, it shouldn't it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, yeah. If it's a Miiverse, because I I don't think Miiverse is going anywhere. They might rebrand it. Um, the maybe Miiverse. they won't. I'd, I mean, Mies might not be going anywhere at all, so maybe they won't. Yeah, I know they're trying to get away from the Wii branding, but um, who knows? They might they might not redo it. But, yeah. Uh, uh, Daniel and McIntyre, you guys have been kind of silent. Got any thoughts? Well, I, w- I was going to say something, and then you said it. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, if they did, like, a tingle bottle sort of thing, I'd probably just turn it off, because mm-hmm. in other games where I've had, like, Miiverse messages, like, uh, even just, like, platformers like playing super mario maker or uh hell even like yoshi's bully worlds uh i tend to ignore them because they are like yo they like spoil it basically you know and i can't discover oh, yeah. these things for myself so i just like ignore them or turn them off completely um mm-hmm. yeah and and i feel like you said zelda is not that sort of experience where you're like sort of hunting around with other players and finding things with other players it's more of a, a more solo explorative you're out in the world by yourself, learning and yeah. exploring. And so I feel like, yeah, like you said, it would just break the immersion for me, personally. Plus, Tingle Bottles made a lot of sense. In oh, in-game. Like, in the like ocean in world, game, yeah. it made sense. Like, you How know, you... maybe it doesn't because we had never seen it before, but, like, we, a lot of us have seen movies and TV, the whole messages in a bottle thing. Um, so while it wasn't just an original idea, it was still one of those like, okay, you could kind of see this. Yeah, I like, worked in universe, but I think, uh, like in Breath of the Wild, you couldn't. There's not really. I can't think of an explanation that would work for leaving messages yeah. around the carved in a tree. I don't know. <laughs> just with how much there is to explore in the um, demo area, I, I don't really. I, the game doesn't need it. I, I guess is one way to put it. I, mean, I, get, I get trying to build like a sense of community around it, but. Um, I basically have the same thought as well. It doesn't really need it. If it's there, it's there, I guess. Um, I was having an interesting conversation with another YouTuber by the name of Luke Crane. Um, he pretty much brought the idea that... I believe I talked about this in a previous podcast. Um, that Breath of the Wild is a very casual game. In a sense, you could play it uh, 
uh, let's say, go through a shrine and just uh, put it down for another 15 minutes. And that whole mechanic can now actually uh, revolve around, let's say, having the whole casual mood between Breath of the Wild. So it could have it, could not. Frankly, I'm not real. I'll, I won't lose any hair if it wasn't like. Um, so if it's there, it doesn't really need it, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, we kind of got a little bit. If it could help or hinder the game, uh, it seems for the most part, none of us really feel it's going to be a big help to the game. Um, and there's a little concern about hindering, not so much like holding the game back, but maybe be breaking a little bit of that immersion um, of playing by yourself, which this game clearly puts you, like thrusts you into that um, whole thing at the very beginning. So uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know, we, we have no, um, for all we know, there's an entire dungeon built around Miiverse. <laughs> oh, um, boy. We enter, we enter the interwebs. Um, <laughs> so you have to play through the dungeon and... L- work with the tips people have left behind for you to solve it what what happens to the first guy to ever enter that dungeon right (laughs) (laughs) anyways um so i've got two more good fan topics i am literally copying and pasting them into a document that i have now created today saving these topics so i don't just say we're gonna get to them next time we will this time um because we got some stuff to talk about here not necessarily news because there's been a lot of interesting news going on lately. Not necessarily so much for Nintendo, um, unless you want to talk about Super Mario Run. Um, which, we're not really going to talk about that much. For those who don't know, Super Mario Run is a new mobile game Nintendo announced is coming out later this year. Uh, it's free to start, and then there's a one-time payment after a certain amount to get the rest of the game. Uh, which is how really you should do free-to-play. It's the it's exact, exa- same that's exactly, well, as the Picross What's well, sort of like a free th- demo then? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, See, I think there's different ways. Yeah. Free to play, I think there is like room in the market for games that charge you incremental amounts, kind of like Pokemon Go does. Um, but this is not like that type of game. Like, this is, seems like it's a full yeah. game. Like, a full game that they're going to let you try first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually makes a lot of sense. I wish they would do this with all of their console games, actually. But. <laughs> Well, yeah, they should, because like that's what convinced me to buy Pikmin Three. Is I got the free demo, and then I, I, I mean, loved think it, about so. even think about for Breath of the Wild. It seems crazy, but just um, release that opening area as a demo, and literally have it so the player, when they download the demo, can only download that area, so they can't really see anything. Do it now! It. Do it now! And it then now like people Nintendo. could try the game and just do the demo area, and then if they want to get further, you got to buy the full sixty dollar game. I don't know. That's like the length of again. a full game, just that demo. So <laughs> the <laughs> length of, of of some indie games, not a Zelda oh, game. Okay, maybe not a Zelda game, but not I haven't played game, it. You have played it, so yeah. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to see and do in just that demo area. So um, obviously, I didn't see and do all of it, but by now, I think over all the videos and post coverage I've seen of it, I think I've now seen everything there is to see in that area. Um, that doesn't mean I've, everything that's possible to do with the crazy physics engine has been done yet, but um, I well, think you... I'll be highly surprised if there's something I discover uh, when I get the game or review a copy or I play it, you know, the day it comes out like the rest of you. If there's something there that I haven't seen, unless it's content that Nintendo pulled out of the demo. Um, well, there'll be weather effects as an example. We haven't seen that yeah. yet, too. If you guys um, want to hear about mobile games, we talked about that last podcast, too. Yep. Yes, so you did. Yeah. Just, just go listen to that one. Yeah, it just so happened that a huge game mobile game got announced right after that. <laughs> Literally, yeah. 
<laughs> That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, just like now, we're gonna talk about. I got I got three topics here. I get my timer going for this. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Wii U because we're kind of reaching the end for the Wii U. Uh, we have confirmed, you know, titles for 3DS coming next year. So the 3DS at least has one more year. Rumors say it has two more years. Um, whatever the case may be, the 3DS still has at least another year to go. The Wii U is getting some games this year. It'll, you know, it's getting Breath of the Wild technically next year, um, and it'll, who knows, it'll probably get the next Just Dance game next year or something too. But in all reality, the Wii U is essentially at the end of its life, and as it's had an interesting path a very different path than any other nintendo console in the past has had um even different than the virtual boy because that was just an outright flop that died right away um the wii u you know setting aside virtual boy is the worst traditional home console uh that nintendo has had in terms of sales and when we're five years ten years down the road uh how are we like how are you guys because I know how I feel about this, and I want to let you guys kind of go on this topic a bit. Um, how are you guys going to remember the Wii U? Like, what's it going to mean to you when someone says, hey, do you remember that Wii U? I actually think the price of Wii U's, the consoles online, like, let's say 20 years down the line, will actually increase. And the amount, like, let's say, Wii U's will be pretty valuable down the road since it hasn't really sold that much in this generation. Um, I think looking back at it, like, let's say... 20 years from now, or let's say the next century happens in 2300 or something like that, um, people actually look at the Wii U very fondly. Um, for example, Smash Brothers for the Wii U 3DS, uh, Super Mario 3D World. I love the soundtrack for that game, by the way. Um, and there's so many others that people will probably look very fondly. Like The thing is with the Wii U is that the gamepad wasn't really utilized to its maximum potential. Like, Of course, there were games that utilized it. Um, but there weren't really a whole lot that really brought it towards its fullest potential in the sense that it could bring out new innovative gameplay like what Nintendo originally intended. Um, and the fact that like when it was originally launched, there weren't really a whole lot of enticing launch titles. There was Zombie U and uh, New Super Mario Bros. U, and that was really about it, unless I'm missing something. Um, and the lack of marketing. And I remember a friend of mine, he was a manager over at GameStop, and he would always tell me, like, uh, people were confused on what the difference was between the Wii U and the Wii. And that that confusion uh, may or may not, probably has, uh, had a detrimental effect in terms of marketing the system in the first place. Um, so looking back at it, I think it'll be a source of both comfort, but also a warning of not to repeat the same mistakes of the Wii U, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I feel like the Wii is the new Dreamcast. <laughs> like, like it's a great system. Everyone who had a Dreamcast loved it. They always talked about how great the games on it were, but it like did not sell well enough to sustain. And like, well, Nintendo's not gonna like fold to be fair, like Sega did in the console market. But I, I, I do have to make one correction on that. To be okay. fair, the Dreamcast, um, before uh, it was like, what was it? The month after the Dreamcast launch or something like that is when Sega announced that they were getting out of consoles like they had already been so far in debt from like the sega cd and like launching new console like every two years um that the dreamcast actually sold really well but it was too late yeah well there was other mistakes that that led up to yeah. it. I, I think it had a different yeah. lead up but i just mean in the way people 
uh, sort of will look back on it like now. Sure. When people yeah, look yeah. back at the Dreamcast, like, ah, oh, there's Soul Calibur and all these all these great games. And sure. it was a great console that no one loved. Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Skies of Arcadia. And uh, I think that's, like, how people will feel about the Wii U now. Like, I love my Wii U, but uh, like Andy said, I... Like, when it came out, I, I didn't know. I saw it in the store one day, and I was like, what is that? Is there a new console? <laughs> I didn't even know. And, uh, yeah, no, and then it took me years before. I didn't end up getting one until Smash and Mario Kart were announced. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get one now. And then there was yeah. the Zelda trailers. And I was like, great, a new Zelda, probably later this year. <laughs> um, it's worth the wait. But, um yeah, I, like I, I love my Wii. It's my, it's my favorite console of any console I've, I've owned, and that's quite a few. Um, but like, I don't know. I know like two other people that have a Wii U. And one of them is my brother. So, <laughs> yeah. I, for for me, I I remember the first E three that they showed off the Wii U, the very first E three, and we were just shown the the controller. And I was with my friends, and we were all like, what the heck is that thing? And then they left the stage, and we still didn't know what the Wii U was. And that was their way of marketing it. And then they marketed it later on, quote-unquote marketed. And then we have what we have now. And, you know, there are some really good games on it. But the thing is, is I don't think... Like, if you look at Sony, and you look at Microsoft... You can kind of like pick out a few genres that they're like they always have on their console. Like Sony typically has JRPGs, um, and they both have shooters. They both have first-person shooters. They both have a bunch of different stuff. But there's like different things that they instantly like. You you think of oh well, it's a Sony console, so it's going to have JRPGs on, um, like uh, Final Fantasy or. Um, my mind's blanking on literally all the other possible JRPGs. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I look at the Wii U and like look at its its crazy lifespan and see like all the different things, like the lack of direction that it has. And then I look at the games that are upcoming. Um, and there's two things that I kind of want to like say about the Wii U. One of them is that the, the upcoming lineup is so bad for the rest of its lifespan. Like it's just awful. Like the popular the popular Wii U games coming soon according to IGN are Paper Mario <laughs> Color Splash, Just Dance, Exiles and Shantae Half Genie Hero which has been out so long already, <laughs> Skylanders <laughs> and Grand Prix Rock and Racing. So those aren't like, oh man, those are some great triple part triple A party games that we're getting from the Wii U. It's like here's one Nintendo game and then you know the well, just, hey, we we finally and, got and Axiom like, Verge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way after yeah, everyone else. It's it's a Nintendo game that has a lot of proving to do too, because there's been a recent history of that particular franchise not doing well. Yeah, and I look at that, and I also look at this past direct where they're like, "Oh, hey, you know how you love Yoshi's Woolly World? We're gonna take that and we're just gonna throw it on the 3DS, but add more <laughs> to it." So it's like, so what you're telling me is the 3DS, the new 3DS, can run a Wii U game. And that doesn't exactly inspire confidence with me with the console. And I think, I don't remember if you talked about it, McIntyre, or if Dan Don talked about it last time, um, but someone said that the Nintendo hasn't been about, like, competing in the video game market with their consoles or with the power of their consoles. And they've talked about that in the past, how they're not here to compete. But that kind of shows in their success or lack of success, especially with the Wii U. Like, at what point does innovation trump, like, 
you know, power and technology and quality of a game. Because, you know, I look at the, you know, playing, uh, replaying Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. And the opening cutscene for that game was just as good as the cutscenes in Super Smash Bros. Brawl and was just a little <laughs> bit worse than the Wii U version cutscenes. <laughs> so it's like the power for the console really wasn't that great. I know it's not all about the power. It's about the exclusives and the games. But it's like the Wii U, it, I'd say it's the worst console to date. It has great games on it, but it's still one of their worst. Like just, just how it's done, just, just in general. I love it. But it's 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 not their strongest strongest console by far. Um, yeah, it, the Wii U is interesting for me because for starters, it is the perfect console. Like it, it, perfect console, perfect console for me. They made a console that pretty much only appeals. Well, not only, but maj- but massively appeals to someone like me. And someone like me is a very rare person especially at the time as the years have gone on i haven't really been that person anymore but when i first got a wii u um the only thing i cared about was off tv play there was one Mm -hmm. tv in the whole house i had children i there was no way in heck i was gonna (laughs) win a fight with them or my girlfriend for tv time um i was lucky i could watch game of thrones at the time um and that was only because i got my girlfriend into it um (laughs) and now that we have multiple tvs in the house like she's not into it anymore surprise surprise um (laughs) But it's it's one of those that I don't need the off-TV feature anymore now. So now it doesn't really appeal to me as much. I don't think I've used the off-TV feature in two years now. Uh, but at the time, in that specific situation, uh, it was the perfect console for me. Because it let me play games, console games, home console games, not just 3DS, uh, anywhere in my house. I mean, technically the, the 3DS is letting you do that now, so... Yeah, and the thing is, is like, like you brought up, you know, oh, it's bringing over these games, and the thing is, Nintendo themselves has never really been, outside of a few select franchises they have, been making the kind of games that need a whole lot of processing power, a lot of GPU power, um, and a lot of that's just because the art direction their games go in. Uh, Mario Galaxy, if they just put it in HD, would look just as good as pretty much every modern game coming out on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, or now the PlayStation Pro coming out. Uh, it, it, well, maybe not in 4K, but whatever. You get my point. The point is that the game doesn't wouldn't look dated compared to all those other games because the art direction is at that point that it eliminates a lot of the extra visual fidelity that certain art styles and directions require. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Wii U's library, it, it's all of its like best-selling games are built of that kind of that kind of really stylistic art style that's more, I don't want to say cartoony, but that's that's kind of the feeling I get from it. Well, it's more animated. It's not, like, realistic and grungy. Well, like, like, like I'm just thinking back, you know, some of the most gorgeous games on the, on the system are what? Mario 3D World, Mario Kart, uh, Donkey Kong, Tropical Freeze. Uh, Splatoon looks really good. I'd still uh, say Tokyo Mirage uh, Sessions. Tokyo Mirage Sessions looks awesome, but again, Tokyo Mirage Sessions... Also, if you compare it to similar art styles on other consoles, does look dated. Yeah. Uh, so does Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, oh, and that's because yeah. those art styles can be done better. I'm, I'm, like Those are the kind of art styles that do benefit from beefier hardware. They're not really the kind of things that Nintendo typically focuses on. And Zelda is kind of also one of those things that, outside of going in the direction of the Wind Waker, uh, this is the kind of stuff 
that like Zelda needs to improve like their physics engine, improve the stuff they're doing with Breath of the Wild. They need more power. Like that makes a big difference in a game like that. Um, but Nintendo, in general, doesn't have a lot of popular franchises that need um, that kind of power to be successful. And I think that's why you can see like Yoshi's Woolly World coming to 3DS. It probably won't be the only Wii U game ported over. Um, well, we also got I, Super Mario Maker. So yeah, Super Mario Maker. Yeah, just two, yeah, two in one yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, speaking of Super Mario Maker, like Super Mario Maker was, you know, supposedly the ultimate proving ground for why the gamepad matters, like what the innovation is with it. it. It didn't really prove to me that that's what the innovation of the console <laughs> is. It just proved to me that that's the most obvious thing that should be happening, and why it doesn't happen in Minecraft on Wii U is beyond me. Um, I feel like, like it's it's not <laughs> like cause it's the opposite of cause and effect. Like it's not that this is the most innovative way to use the gamepad, but more yeah. Super Mario Maker is like, that's the best way to make Super Mario Maker work. Yeah. So it's just like, it would, would be like, if they would actually do it with Minecraft, it would be the best way to play Minecraft on yep. Wii U. They just mm-hmm. won't do it. Cause it's not worth the, the investment for them to do well, it. And I think the problem with the Wii U and even inherently the Wii is that they were based around a single gameplay mechanic. And no. the Wii executed that very well within the first several years of its lifespan. Like, you saw a lot of games, you know, we, we got the, the motion control games, like, out everywhere now because yeah. it executed it. Well, you could say that it didn't execute it as well as it could have, <laughs> but it executed sure. it pretty well. Like, we have games yeah. like, one of my personal favorites is Elibits. Love that game. Some people probably have no idea what it is. Um, it, it, was a, it was one of those proving games for the Wii and why it worked. But for yeah. the Wii U... Like its whole, like you said, the whole thing about it was the second screen. Like that was what it focused on was was the Wii U gamepad, and when it was based around that whole thing, you know, it didn't really use it. It didn't really use it to its fullest. Yeah. Like I think the most interesting way I've seen it used is in Tokyo Mirage Sessions, um, as like the phone, the little uh, phone pad in the map. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you base it all around one singular gameplay mechanic. It's gonna fizzle out at some point. Like that's of course. That's just the the way it's gonna happen. And so, you know, that's that's what you're not seeing with stuff like uh, I hate I hate that I keep comparing it, but <laughs> with the with the PlayStation and with the Xboxes, they're not built around like oh well, to play the the PlayStation you have to like stand upside down or like stand on your head and, and spin mm-hmm. around like breakdance. It's you have a controller and you play the game and you can tilt the yeah. controller or you can move it around. Um, and I yeah. think that. You know, that's one of the things about being very apprehensive about for the NX is <laughs> is it based around a singular gameplay mechanic? Is it based around you know the second screen? Is that going to be like the biggest selling feature of the game? Um, and so yeah. that's that's I another think, topic. But yeah, like like I, I keep thinking, you know, what do I think of the Wii U today? Because I I did a Boss Man episode a couple of months ago now uh, where I said that the Wii U is my favorite console because it has all the games I want to play on it. But a large percentage of those games are virtual console games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm getting a lot of the games I grew up with. Plus, I do think that it does have a stellar exclusive library. Um, you know, anytime I can possibly bring it up, I will mention The Wonderful 101 is, like, one of the best games of this generation that literally, hard, like, no one has played. Um, it's not it's just, easy to play, though. It's, it's, it's not. E- it's not easy to play. It, it, well, it, the thing is it's already like in a niche genre with a niche game within that genre. Like it's just not something that's going to appeal, especially on the surface to a lot of people. Um, But I just love it. And that's kind of the way I feel with a lot of the library. Now, 10, 20 years from now, I might look back and be like, Oh, well, you know, 
I'm not really thinking much about those those Wii U games anymore. I'm not thinking of Pikmin 3. I'm not thinking about Splatoon. Outside of the fact that if Splatoon becomes a massive franchise, I'll know, okay, it started on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, there's a lot of things that I'm not going to think about. It might almost be like the GameCube to me, where when I think back on the GameCube, there's I, I draw a blank a lot of times. Oh, Nate, that on, and Don't the say thing it. Is, I Don't know, say it. <laughs> the, but, but see, there's excellent games on the GameCube. There really is, and I know that. But it didn't leave a lasting impression with me like the N64 did, like the Super Nintendo did, like the NES did. I think that's mostly a product of when, like, your generation too, though. Like, not, like, as in your generation is where you are, but, like, when you started gaming. And so, like, I didn't really get... Let's see, the Wii left an impression on me. Like, a a positive impression. I know a lot of people are, oh, it's terrible, like... Actually, the Wii was brilliant. It made a lot of sense. So you were talking about how, oh, you just pick up a controller and play on the PlayStation. They don't really focus on this big innovative stuff. Yeah, they're doing some VR, but it's kind of all an aside. That's not like what they're pushing mm-hmm. as the main go-to for their platform. Well, Nintendo said, look, that's great, but there's all these people that they pick up one of those controllers, and there's too many buttons. It's too foreign to them. The Wii made sense. It was simplistic. It had only the amount of buttons you needed to play Nintendo's games. And the motion controls just made sense. Oh, but you're like, also talking about the games that made a lasting impression, and you said that you should not sure, really think sure. of that for GameCube. And I look sure. back at the Wii's life cycle, and just without thinking off the top of my head, there's only like two or three games that well, immediately snap into oh. my head for it. Oh, you're sorry. Both, you're both killing me here. <laughs> I know. Well, like, <laughs> I, just off the top of my head, because the GameCube is possibly my favorite console of all time. Sure, sure. And there are games that I really, really do like on the Wii U, and I'll probably remember those games more um, than on the Wii. And I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, I think can't the really only game why. on the Wii U that I'm going to remember for sure is Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. That good was one. a good game. Because good game. to date, I personally feel it is the best 2D platformer I've ever played. And I've played a crap load of them. And so that's like a really bold statement. It's not like one it's that It's a massively haven't heard underrated game. But it, I mean, there's other people that think it's like the best 2D platformer ever as well. But it's... Man, in, in a very crowded genre, like it stands out to me. Um, I'd agree. Yeah, it's but, a good game. I, I like and it a, lot, a lot. And a lot of people wrote it up because you know, oh, we just had Country Returns. Like, yeah, that's great. But yeah, but you got like Dixie this Kong. is way <laughs> this is way better. Like it took it to a whole new level. Um, but it it, it kind of fits my whole not so much necessarily the games. Like maybe I was pushing it too far with seeing the games because honestly, you know, if you're if you're someone right now, you're you're twelve, fifteen. 16, 18, whatever, and you're grow, you grew up with the Wii U the last four years, you are probably going to be really fond towards a lot of the games. Like, mm-hmm. This might have been your first Smash Bros. game you played. This might have been the first time you experienced Mario Kart. I'm so this sorry might... if it is. Well, oh. it, I, Mario Kart was good. I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah. the classics, man. Like, Melee is still yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I, I never understood the love for Melee, to be honest. <laughs> Different conversation. Just keep going. Keep going. But, of course, it's GameCube, so. Um, That's true. <laughs> Master but race no, so, so like, you know, I look back because I keep thinking, I look back at stuff, you know, and the GameCube is probably the system that I look down on uh, the most in terms of not fulfilling what I thought it would fulfill for me at the time. And the thing is, I played the ton of the, like, I played the crap out of the GameCube as I grew up. Like, I obviously had a good time. I just, when I look back on it now, it, it, it did feel as fulfilling to me. And I think with the Wii U, the problem I'm going to have with that, it's going to look, I'm going to look back on it and be like, hey, the Wii U was basically the console that Nintendo didn't know what the heck they were doing. 
It feels like a beta test for the NX. If it's going to be well, what the N- Yeah, I mean, we don't know what the NX is. If the is. NX is what we're hearing that it's yeah. going to be, it's like, we tried it with the Wii U, what can we improve on to get the NX? That's Yeah, which yeah. sounds like a totally terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, you know what we're selling console? Let's just do that again. But, but differently, better. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, like, just think about it. Like, we talked a lot about the gamepad, you know, which very clearly Nintendo themselves didn't have a heck of a lot of good ideas for that gamepad that was supposed to be this big innovative thing, and it ended up not being that at all. In fact, the games that force the gamepad usage are usually the games that are liked the least because it doesn't feel as good as just a traditional control scheme did. Um, it's not even like in Star Fox uh, Zero. It's not that it's even terrible. It's just it's not as good. It's not as precise. It's not adding anything to the game uh, that people are fundamentally enjoying with those motion controls. Uh, that's why a lot of people that play Star Fox Zero end up trying to ignore the motion controls as much as they can because it doesn't feel good. Um, and that's what they kind of lost with the gamepad is outside of the very obvious uses like in Super Mario Maker or putting your inventory on the screen, that stuff felt right because, hey, you have an extra screen, so why not? But it didn't really feel like it added anything to those games. Maybe Zombie U probably had the best usage of the gamepad um, where it actually made it fundamental to the game and it added suspense to a game by like removing like your view from the screen to try to hack a door on your gamepad actually added suspense to that game. Um, but again, that's like Ubisoft, not Nintendo and Nintendo seems really dry with ideas. And it's not just that they have the TV button on there, which I'm sure most people who own a Wii U totally ignore it even exists. Hey, I use it. I use it. I use it too. But like, but, but how many people are like, man, I got to get this thing. Cause it's got a TV remote on <laughs> or I think that's... like it launched with like the Nintendo TV like program that was supposed to be with it. And that thing totally bombed out and was terrible from the get-go because the system was actually not even powerful enough to do what they wanted to do with it. Because the, well, the number one issue with Nintendo TV, besides being almost entirely pointless, since you're not running a pass... Like, it would sound, it was sound like a good idea on the Xbox One that has a TV pass-through. Yeah. Um, so, so, like, you combine your Netflix and your TV together. That sounds like a brilliant idea for, like, Xbox. Don't know why they haven't done it. Um but Nintendo had that idea, and they could have did something with it, especially with all the streaming services. And instead, because their system was so weak, it was so slow to navigate, it was quicker to just find it on my phone and just flip it up to my TV through, you know, a, a stick plugged into the back. And I think or just to use the smart TV features itself instead of the Wii U gamepad. I think that that's, you know, like what we were talking about earlier, while Nintendo doesn't need to, like, while Nintendo does need to compete in some areas, I think... That's one of the areas that we saw them compete in and ultimately fail, because that was when you know we had the Xbox, like you said, was was trying to be an all-in-one console. Like not only is it just a um, a, a gaming console, but it's also you know, it runs PC type programs on it. Uh, sure. You can use your TV, and then even the PS4 now um, they're having the PlayStation uh, television service with like over thousand channels or whatever it is. And so it's actually though, a really good deal too. It is. It is. Uh, I'm, whenever I get a PS4, I'm probably going to end up doing that. Um, and but Nintendo, that's like you said, it's it wasn't powerful enough, and that's not really where they needed to put their focus on. Like mm-hmm. I understand wanting to control the TV with that, and that was like kind of handy sometimes. Sure. But ultimately, it was it was a lot simpler just to change their remote, like pick up the physical remote control. Or even just walk over to the TV and press the input button. <laughs> I don't know. I found that I used it because it was it was way more convenient than having to put 
the gamepad down and then grab the remote and yeah you know I, sometimes well, like it, I, well see it's also depending on how you're using it of course well, like true. the tv remote functionality was was fine it didn't work very well with my cable box but that's true yeah. whatever that, that has to do with whatever nintendo's designed to support but like the nintendo tv app itself to me was just totally useless if i want to watch tv i'm not using my wii u i actually did not use it a single time so <laughs> like i tried i really tried hard using it uh that first super bowl that they had it up for because they were doing like these uh like these quizzes and these questions throughout and like you were competing against other people and it would be so slow that by the time i like i'm hitting submit on it it wouldn't go through because the app was lagging so bad then I would suddenly would not get my answer in for that question, and I suddenly missed the next four. Like it, and well, uh, that might be that might be server capacity too, with how many people are trying to access it. But reality was is that they had all these ideas, none of them were were fully fleshed out. None of them seemed like they were even tested, and none of it really kind of went through anyone that actually handles these programs, like handles TV stuff. Like, people in the TV industry weren't really consulted on it. Uh, the developers at Nintendo didn't seem to even be consulted on the gamepad idea. Like, because they clearly ignored it for years. Most of the mm-hmm. library on Wii U from Nintendo does not require a gamepad because it's not really something the developers seem to even want to use. Well, even speaking of Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, you could turn off the gamepad yeah. screen. So it's, it's not even necessary in, in games. Yeah, like I mean, it's, it's just one of those things where it felt like the upper execs, like you know, Miyamoto, Iwata, and, and others at the time, had these ideas but didn't run them by anyone and then just said, we're doing them anyways because we were right with the Wii. And it's like, yeah, but the, the Wii, you almost have to run by developers because, hey, you're not going to have a zillion buttons anymore. You're doing motion controls. Oh, hey, we're going to give you a traditional controller, but that's basically the only part of this you're going to like. <laughs> uh, it, it's just... It, 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 that's what felt weird about it. It wasn't that third parties didn't like it. Like You could see that coming a mile away unless it blew up and got really popular. Because yeah. even the Wii, you know, yeah, it didn't get some some games, uh, but it did get a lot more. Th- I mean, there was Call of Duty coming out every single year on Wii mm-hmm. because it was a popular platform, and, it was, and Call of Duty itself would sell at least a million copies every year, which made it worthwhile. Um, plus, I'd argue that the controls were actually superior on the Wii, but... That's a debate for another time on, on if the motion control is better than the traditional controller. Well, and the benefits um, using a Nintendo console for a game like that, especially now, is that you don't have to pay for online. And I really yeah. hope that that's something that Nintendo does with the NX, because then they'll have a... If, if they can make uh, a console that's like Ninten- powerful enough yeah. to do that... Nintendo's at a point they cannot charge for online. Yeah. Well, their online hasn't been good enough up to this point anyway. Well, it, it can't. Like, Xbox did it right away, basically. They have, they've always charged, and... They offered a really, really good service. Like it was the first truly fully functioning online service for a platform, um, for a home console that was popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they've always been able to charge. Uh, Sony wasn't charging when they first started getting to do it. Now they do, and their network is up to snuff. Like I'm not saying Nintendo can't ever charge, but they have a long ways to go before they can get to that point. And where their consumers see it as a value. Right yeah. now, their online is nice. It's free. There's a lot of issues with it. Uh, why the heck we still even have friend codes around? Why the heck is it really hard to search up buddies that you want to add to your friends list? And it uses really uh, weird ports and like servers yeah, to get really weird the stuff. Uh, so it seems like the internet connections are almost limited when, mm-hmm. like, at my house, not because of your servers. Like, it's just really weird. So there's, there's a lot of things they have to do with that. Um, I also, 
you know, we keep bringing up the NX a little bit, so I'm just going to quickly get into the, this one topic I really wanted to get into. Um, we'll see how much time we have to talk about it. Um, so we've talked about the NX learning from the Wii U uh, and all that great stuff. What the heck is up with the lack of NX info? We've made fun of in the past that an announcement for an announcement is really silly, really stupid. Uh, except when it's an announcement for when you're going to talk about your brand new system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposedly coming out in six months. Like six months from today, at some point, it's coming out. And we don't even know when they're going to announce it. Now, they have like this this GameStop um, event coming up where they're on Wednesday, but... They're it's not going to talk about it there. there. No. That's not going to be there. If it was going to be there, they'd be hyping it already, like live streaming and all that stuff. So uh, I guess I, I'm really frustrated at this point, which maybe I shouldn't be, but when have we ever been like this close to a launch and we still don't know what this thing is? All we know is rumors. All we know are uh, various reports out there. Um, you know, supposedly, like, there's a like a, been a new software development kit. There's a new rumor, I think, that just came out today. The new SDK just, is, like, getting primed to release, which might be the final one before release. Um, I guess I am just really frustrated with the lack of info, and I don't know if I should be. Like, it, should I be frustrated? Like, should fans out there just be like, man, what the hell is Nintendo doing? Well, I feel like part of what they're doing is they're, like, keeping us in the dark to keep us sort of guessing keep us talking about it keeping it a popular subject because like we always know there's gonna be a new console like every five or four or six years however long but like this is the first time at least that i've noticed that like people have been talking about it this much and maybe well, it's because i'm listening more but, uh i feel no. like it's it's them sort of keeping us guessing you know yeah but the, we're talking because of leaks, supposed leaks. We're yeah. not talking because of Nintendo. Nintendo's not creating any of this. Well, Andy, maybe, what do you have to say? Not. You've been quiet. I personally <laughs> have a particular theory on why uh, there's so much little information in terms of the NX. Um, I guess the best point in terms of a reference date and when to try to figure out why Nintendo's been so fixated is that uh, if you take a look at the Japanese yen, um, when the Wii U was released, the, the value of the yen was at an absolute low. I had to look up the exact numbers for it, but it was pretty, pretty low. Um, even Kimishima actually stated in a, a separate interview that the value of the yen being low actually contributed to how Nintendo actually funded marketing for the Wii U and such. And he would actually, and due to that, he doesn't want the NX to be sold at a loss. Um, he basically said those words in some shape or form. So how does this like tie into other statements said by, let's say, Reggie Filzame and uh, Shigeru Miyamoto and Aiji Inuma? Uh, basically, Reggie Filzame, I believe he said in a separate New York, I think it was the New York Times, I think. But like uh, they said they don't want to compete against Microsoft and Sony and they want to do their own thing, pretty much. Um, which both of those statements kind of fit hand in hand. Kimishima says he doesn't want the NX to be sold at a loss. And Reggie Filzame says he doesn't want to be all about the horsepower and the gigaflops. Um, which kind of just goes hand in hand. And then there was an excellent tweet by, I believe, um, Emily Rogers. Uh, like, I know there's very uh, controversial thoughts about what Emily Rogers does, but <laughs> she did make a very interesting statement in a Twitter post saying that Nintendo doesn't really like E3s lately. Um, 
more often than not, Nintendo gets a lot of negative feedback at E3. Save for this one, since Breath of the Wild pretty much just broke the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's like the most surprisingly brilliant move anyone's ever done in E3 history. I swear. Right. Um, like who knew? Who knew? Yeah. I don't even think Nintendo knew. Yeah, and honestly, like I, I actually sat and watched like all six hours of the live stream, and then I was like, "What am I doing with my day? I can't believe I'm this absorbed into this." Like more than I've ever been on an E3 presentation on anything ever. It's one of the few. I think it's one of the few times I, at E3 I was talking to people who go there every year. That, um, oh no, I think they said it was the only time that a line to get into a booth was closed down within five minutes of the show floor opening. Like, they would not let anyone else get in line. Wow. Because that's how long the line was. Like, the waits were four-plus hours. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's crazy. Nintendo if Nintendo knew that. They probably would have even set up even more kiosks, and they already had 170 of them, um, which was way more than, like, every other booth there in total. Um, but, yeah. Sorry, go on. So, uh, no worries. Um, so basically, in terms of, let's say, the NX, not necessarily competing against Sony or Microsoft being its own thing, uh, Kimishima also said that, uh, I'm, I'm already assuming you guys already know this, I think you restated this, that they're not going to go by the Wii moniker anymore, that leaving behind the whole Wii branding behind. Yep. Um, so from this we can make, I, I, I suppose, uh, a couple of inferences. One thing, if they're going by a brand new branding altogether, there's going to be a massive media campaign. Um, since if you're not going behind a previous brand, you need to market a new brand. Whatever this brand is, I have no idea. But we can make a healthy assumption that they will market it to the extreme. Um, and it'll be red-themed. <laughs> <laughs> that is Definitely. one marketing change they have made um, without talking about the NX yet. Is they went back to red after the Wii started the blue thing. So Right. And so basically... Keeping that in mind and seeing that the NX will not be sold at a loss, um, I have a have a mind that Nintendo wants to pull off some sort of a media stunt in the sense of getting like a lot of media coverage at a very efficient way without having to, let's say, fork over their own funds to actually do, uh, let's say, warm marketing, which means like commercials and stuff like that. But in order to have the internet work for them, to have the NX be splattered out everywhere. Because right now, people are starving for NX news, and that's exactly what Nintendo wants. Uh, they want us to be starved. They want us to be, like, uh, thirsty for new news. And so basically, once we're at the point of, like, let's say, no return, and we actually want to learn so much NX news, and that we're getting to the point that we just don't care anymore, um, Nintendo will probably showcase the NX. There's, there's a couple of rumors that the uh, NX will be revealed tomorrow. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. There's a bunch of rumors going on nowadays. It but, would uh, it would be Nintendo to not even announce they're going to announce yeah. it. And then they're like, here, here's the NX. Glad you did pay attention to that announcement. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's weird to me because uh, I know that Nintendo says, you know, how much they don't care about Sony and Microsoft. Like, they're not trying to compete with them. Um, but in order for them to win the internet, those are the people that are going to help you win the internet. They're going to, like, when Zelda was destroying at E3, it wasn't just Nintendo fans. That was gamers, like, serious core gamers that are on other platforms. Um, when I was in line, there were people, there were people that worked at Sony waiting in the, the line to go play Breath of the Wild. Like, this is, 
what the, that's the kind of hype that that just that one title was generating and i think that's the kind of hype they want the nx to generate because that's what's going to make it sell well and so do you think they're gonna where, where they're where they're in the conundrum where the internet you're only going to win it if you appeal to the people that use the internet and the people who use it are the gamers they're the ones that are going to make it trend on twitter they're the ones that are going to make it be over everyone's facebook walls because the people that are like the soccer moms that got into we uh, they weren't sitting there on Facebook at the time because Facebook was around then. They weren't sitting on Facebook typing up, oh, man, did you hear about the Wii? They didn't know what that thing was until they saw someone use it in person. Um, so, like, if they're going after a more broader crowd like that, they can't, they're not going to win the Internet. Um, now, if they're trying to go after gamers, they can win the Internet. And it, I think... The problem with winning the internet, which is clearly, I, I think what they saw, what, what like, I think what goes into what you're saying there a little bit is they saw what happened with Breath of the Wild. It's still like it's still trending on the internet right now, and that's what the kind of reaction they want to NX. And so waiting for the right time to do that. The problem I have is that from this point through the end of the year, there really isn't a right time to do that anymore because all the big games are now coming out. All the big announcements are now coming out. Like, we just had the PlayStation Pro announced, and now that's going to be really easy, and that's going to be hyped, and all there's going to be a lot of conversations around that. I don't know how hyped that's that. going to be. Uh, it's already pretty hyped along uh, on the Sony crowd. Yeah, um, but it's, during, it's during the, that was uh, kind of a disappointment, What though, is it? Too. When, when it was announced, it was trending on Twitter. Now, obviously, this did not last as long as Breath of the Wild did, so it didn't blow up like Breath of the Wild did. But uh, the point is, like, it's just more big news coming out that's going to be distracting people who would otherwise only care about, like, oh, man, we, like, we're star for NX Info. Now we got it. We got to share it with everyone. Well, they might not care. Like, oh, the NX came out? That's great. I just bought Call of Duty last night. I don't have time to go top with that. I'm playing Call of Duty with my buds. I'm playing Titanfall 2. I'm playing Battlefield 1. I'm playing, you know, whatever big game's coming out. See, uh, The Last Guardian's coming out now in December well, instead of whatever. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't get delayed again. So it's kind of one of those, like, we're hitting the point where now we're to the point where all people want to play, all they want to talk about are games. Like, they just want to play games. So, like, having a console announcement in the midst of all these big games coming out, especially if you're not getting any pledges of support for those kind of big games coming to your platform in the future, is already going to make people be like, okay, NX is coming up, but all these great games I, I want to play right now, that platform's never going to get games like that. So, we don't care. I think So, my... then you're left with Nintendo fans, like us, trying to make everyone care. Um, so I think and I don't think that's going to work. I think that... Uh... It was Kimishima that said that part of the reason they delayed the NX was so that they could have a good launch lineup. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's delayed to next year. Or, yeah. well, okay, it wasn't ever announced for to release in 2016, so it technically wasn't publicly delayed. But he definitely made it sound like there was internal delay um, mm -hmm. to make sure that they had more content. But and see, like, that's, that's them making content, like... Yeah, but that strikes me as learning from the Wii U's mistake, because, like, it, uh, whoever, someone said earlier in this very podcast uh, that when the Wii U came out, there was nothing to play on it except for Super well, that's Mario Well, that's them learning, uh, like, it, let's, let's suppose this is, like, the hybrid thing they've been talking about. That already shows they learned from the 3DS and Wii U that if they are going to be the only people making games to the platform, that they cannot support two platforms on their own. There's going to be huge gaps in content. Because um, it wasn't, like, everyone forgets that the 3DS started off just like the Wii U. Actually, worse. Because at least the Wii U had Zombie U and New Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. 3, the 3DS had, what, uh, Pilot Wings, 
Uh, Street that, Fighter Four, which whatever the the battleship game was. Yes, Steel the battleship. Yeah, yes, yeah. Like Steel Diver, it had nothing, nothing that anyone cared about. People bought it because they wanted to see the 3D with no glasses, but then they stopped. Like it, it had a really like record like launch weekend sales, and then people just stopped buying it because there was nothing to play. Um, yeah, and it continued that these. way until the until the price cut, and then they had you know Mario Kart, and then they, then they started getting some titles out for it, and then the th- and then once that happened, third party support started coming in a little bit, uh, you know, bravely default and games like that. So like it has third party support now, but reality is is that the the Wii U and 3DS both started out with like nine months of no games. Like it launched. Here's a couple games, and they might be good or they might not. But we'll we'll see you next next Christmas. Like not even this year's Christmas. Next year's Christmas. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like the only way they can prevent that is having all their games on one platform or somehow some way convincing third parties to come on board. And obviously. Um, we've heard good things from third parties so far, but it doesn't really mean anything until they actually announce a game. Um, like Bethesda has come out openly and said, "Hey, we like, you know, we like what we're hearing. Um, we're, we haven't ruled out the NX. Obviously, we've ruled it out for uh, what Dishonored 2, but that's because Dishonored 2 is almost done, so it just doesn't make sense. But it doesn't mean we can't do future games on it. And it's kind of like, yeah, but all of these companies are all saying the same thing." They're beating the exact drum that Nintendo doesn't beat, and that's if it has enough power, we'll support it. <laughs> I think um, the the problem with like going back to how long they're taking for it, how long they're waiting to announce it, is it's kind of like the same thing with The Last Guardian, is that people have known that it's going to come out for a while. Like We've known about The Last Guardian for like a decade. Yep. And I've said this before, so many people have said this before, there's no possible way on God's green earth that that game's going to live up to the expectations and hype. Well, well and here's, here, here's the thing about that game. And and this is even, like, because I'm on, I'm on the gaff, I'm on all these various websites, it's losing hype. It is. Not gaining not Well, it gaining doesn't hype. look as good as you, as you would think. Like, a lot of people say it doesn't look as good as it should. Yeah, and um, it's not—it's not even that they're—they're they're like not showing anything that they didn't show back in two thousand and nine. Yeah, like it's just like brief extensions of what we've already seen six, seven years ago. Like, okay, c- can we see what makes this game great, Ryan? Like, what what about this game makes it great? What makes it stand out? It, like we haven't seen it, so like people are like, man, is this game just not that great? Because they don't have nothing to show. Now they're yeah. hoping that that the Tokyo Game Show ends up, you know being the big blowout for it because that's really the last big show of the year for for that game to get a shot to do that but um it, it, the nx can't be doing something like that man like i know it, it worked for breath of the wild right but like it worked because when they showed breath of the wild again they totally did a huge massive blowout like we know we knew so little about breath of the wild before this past e3 and that was just like a two-year wait well, also, they did a blowout. It was, it was like, well-timed. Like, it was at a time where we were listening, you know, when we were ready well, for, for this it was, information it, intake. It was also at a time when they didn't have anything else to talk about. Well, that's true. <laughs> it's qual- quality Pokemon over quantity, go. I guess. Well, like, I'm just I'm just looking at, at the NX and, and what's coming out, and we've talked about this before on this podcast, yeah. too, is, like, all this information's coming out that's not confirmed. But this is mm-hmm. what we're all expecting for the, the console, sure. and that's not necessarily good because if this is the image that they're like, if they don't want to paint this image, if they don't, if this isn't at all what the console is supposed to be, then right now we all have the wrong image of the console in our mind, and that's yeah. not good. They need to get ahead of this, and it's a little, it's it's getting really really late for them to do this. Like, 
People yeah. are expecting um, Emily Rogers posted a, a poll on her Twitter about when do you think they'll announce the NX, and a bunch of people said this week, but majority of the votes were for early October, um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what it's looking like right now, and that's not good because yeah, you know, that's, that's just think, so if late. she had, if she had done that poll three weeks ago, they would have said early September. I know, and it's it's just <laughs> like we're, we're imagining it later and later, and I guess the problem is like you said, the console's coming out very very soon, and we don't know anything about it except yeah. that. And you we're know, entering a period where people are about to spend a bunch of money mm-hmm. on games. Yeah, I need to know so how like, much money to save. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, if people are like, "Oh, I'll wait. I'll wait on Call of Duty. I'll wait on this stuff to the price drop, and I'll set aside that sixty bucks for the NX." Well, they're not going to do that if they yeah. don't even know what it is, and if it's totally different than what's being put out there by media outlets. Which, yeah, might make the media outlets look silly, but it also makes Nintendo look stupid too, unless mm-hmm. they're doing something that literally is going to blow people's minds um that's totally unexpected and ends up getting people hyped and like you know uh, do we think nintendo could even possibly pull that off that they even know how to pull that off anymore because even at e3 breath of the wild's reaction almost seemed like an accident mm-hmm. like they didn't know it was going to get that big they would have did something totally different with their booth if they had known it was going to be that big uh, they would have fixed the, the the i mean their live stream for breath of the wild was crashing because of all the people trying to get in just to see what this game... Like, they had no idea it was going to be that way. So, like, now we got to think, okay, so now Nintendo it wants to intentionally do that. I don't know if they can. And, and one of the things that it, it seems like they're doing, and I, I could... This would be so Nintendo to do, would be to pull a Fallout 4 <laughs> and be like, oh, hey, like, in December or, like, January, like, hey, you know that console that we're, we've been talking about? Well, here it is. Here's here's the NX. You can go buy it in three months. And <laughs> the reason why that worked for Fallout 4 is because we had no idea that that was coming. Plus, it's a game. Like, yeah. It's a difference between a game announcement a few months before release than a platform that costs hundreds of dollars. No, I know. And that's that's the thing is I don't think – I think they're like, oh, we're just going to surprise everyone with this because they're never going to see it coming. It's like, well, that's – we don't want to be surprised with a with a game console well, announcement, especially the one that we've is, heard about for two years. Yeah, the difference is like, yeah, Fallout Four. There was a lot of suspicion that it was being made, but there was nothing from the company that indicated necessarily that they were nece- that they were going to be releasing Fallout Four mm-hmm. now. Um, NX is different. They gave us a release like month before they even announced what the dang thing is. Like, when does that happen? Why, why do we know when this console is coming out before we even know what the thing is? Because Nintendo. I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, well, how, I, don't, I, I guess I have a hard time believing that they're going to somehow be able to blow everyone's minds when they still seem a little bit out of touch by even telling people when this thing is coming before they even tell anyone what it is. And I think you hit the nail on the head, too, when you talked about, you know, the PlayStation Pro is coming out. And then sometime, or like, Q1... Uh, 2017, you got the Xbox uh, Scorpio, whatever Which, that is. It, it might end up getting pushed back to holiday. That, that's true. Either way, either way, it's coming out next year. We're hearing like it's going to be sandwiched in between these two super powerful consoles, and you know, I'm 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 not leaning towards buying either of them, mm-hmm. but I know that there are people that are, and there are people that are looking at these things and like, oh man, the the PS4 Pro looks greater. I can't wait to see what Xbox is doing. And they, they already have a kind of a, 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 a idea. Of what an idea, are. yeah. Because they've had announcements. Yeah. They've had and, announcements for it. It so wasn't we, just, it exists. It's called it's yeah. codenamed NX. We don't know why it's codenamed NX because the guy who named it that is dead. 
Thank you. <laughs> It'll be releasing next year. What? Well, okay. <laughs> like, what, what? What kind of marketing is that? Like, they repeat it. Even like the 3DS uh, direct they recently did, which happened to have Wii U news, Wii U news in it. So like. Anyways, they could have just, it might as well have just been a regular direct. But, like, mm-hmm. they have to mention, we will not talk about NX in this thing. I'm like, why did, Why even say the words NX? Like, mm-hmm. just pretend it doesn't exist until you want to announce it. Because it's it, conspiracy you theory. Keep bringing it up to, like, remind people that it exists, essentially. But then to remind them also that you're not really going to tell them anything about it. Well, you know what that reminds me of? And th- I might be the only one. And, I'm, you know, there might get some comments about this. I don't know if you care. But back when I was like a, a kid in church and you were having prayer requests, there'd always oh, be that geez. one kid that was like, Oh, but I have this unspoken one that you're not supposed to know but you don't <laughs> don't tell anyone. But like I have something that you, you can't know about, but I need you to like I need you to be praying for but don't don't ask because I can't tell you. And I feel like that's what Nintendo's doing. They're like, don't ask about this because we can't tell you right now, but it's it's gonna be good. But just yeah. you know, don't worry. I wonder the only thing I can think of is because it, Nintendo has, has openly talked in the past, especially Mr. the the late Satoru Iwata. I uh, talked a lot about um, how much they like the way that Apple approaches their ecosystem and all that, yada, yada, yada. The only thing I could think of is them trying to pull an Apple, where they oh, announce no. it like two weeks before it releases. No headphone jack. <laughs> no headphone jack. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, my conspiracy <laughs> but, theory is but, that but, but, like, Iwata then, had all like, the... He had Phones. all the uh, NX plans and he took them to the grave with them and they have to make a new console. <laughs> so, Well, yeah. See, we also know that that's not... I mean, I, I want to believe that that's what happened and that's why we're getting all these weird delays with it. But No, nah, I'm, um, I'm just BSing. We, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, but, like, we, yeah. but like we do know that like, he talked to... Like, apparently he had a lot of detailed plans for how to proceed uh, with the NX and with everything else at the company. So like... It, that's what feels weird about this because if Iwata was still around, this thing would have been unveiled at E3. Yep. Because that's just that's just what he does. We, we we've been through Iwata console cycles. He would have announced it at E3. He probably would have said it's coming out in 2016, and it probably would have released in 2016 with no games. Yeah. It, it would it <laughs> might have had Breath of the Wild if they could have got it done in time, and then it would have had nothing for until summer next year. And I think that might like show us what the difficulty is here because if it was up to Kimishima. They probably wouldn't have announced it so early. Yeah, yeah, and and that's true. Uh, and I understood why the announcement was made, but it was such a weird. It was even weirder than like, yeah, we're going to the mobile games. By the way, we we're still gonna be making home console. It's like, oh, you, you could just let people be afraid and then announce it <laughs> like home console when you're ready. Like, mm-hmm. that's how you instill confidence that you're not getting on the home console game. Like, keep making games and then announce the home console when it's ready to be announced. Um, or portable, or whatever this thing ends up being. And what I find really weird about all this is that they're supporting the 3DS for like another couple of years, yet they're releasing a handheld. Well, we think that's what we think. That's what we think. Well, no, we know for sure it's being supported through 2017. No, that's no, no. Whole... We, we think that the console is going to be a handheld. Yeah, that's what that's what we we think. Now there's there was a very old rumor that there's multiple SKUs, that there's a handheld yeah. and there's and actually it. a separate home console. And it could be that the handheld like releases early next year and the home console releases in the holiday. Yeah. Um, and that could still be a thing. And that would definitely be surprising compared to the report on the hybrid. Like, yeah, it could just be, you can play that on there and they will share libraries, but there actually will be a separate home console system. Um, that, you know, again, that I, I maybe that's getting to the realm of what I want more so than what's reality is yeah. going to end up being. But again, Nintendo won't tell us anything, 
And this is my whole frustration with it. It's not just that we don't know anything. It's we know enough from either uh, e- either people who have dev units or mm-hmm. have SDKs or I- assuming that they have like the real deal and these are legit sources, which it seems we have enough like pretty reputable reporters out there now to, to kind of say some of this stuff has to be real. And then we also know from Nintendo when the dang thing's releasing. So why can't we know when you plan to like like take like I used the example before that you know maybe they're trying to pull an Apple and they announce it two weeks before it comes out, but we know when Apple's going to announce it. Yeah, like they let you know months in advance. Like, hey, look, our we're having a press conference. Here's so and so. We're going to talk about our next generation iPhone, our next generation this. You know, yeah, yeah. Like we know what's coming and we know when they're going to do it a long time ahead of time. At this point. Yeah, it's around um, the same time that your iPhone stops working. And this fight, the last thing we heard about NX is they said at E3 that they will announce it and release more information on it this year. Well, we have three months to go. Um, it's about time we know when you're going to announce it. Uh, sorry time to we know when you... um, Just to give like a few points on the NX, I believe how the, the name NX came apart is that uh, it was called a Nintendo Cross, or at least we translate That's... it as a Nintendo Cross here in the States. Then somebody called it NX, and it went back to Japan, and then it was like, oh, NX. Even Kimishima was kind of confused about the name NX. Yeah, um, he said he said that he does not know what it stands for. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, one th- that's one thing that, like, Iwata never told him. Like, what does it stand for? Because apparently, supposedly, the way that he framed it is it doesn't seem relevant necessarily to what the system is. It's just random to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, on another note, I'm actually going to have to leave uh, yeah. right now, yeah. actually. That's okay. Cool. No, that's fine. Uh, actually, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up. I know, like, I knew this topic was gonna go way over because <laughs> I'm very passionate about my distaste uh, for what Nintendo's doing uh, with the NX so far. I'm hoping that whenever they show it, it's worth it. Better be worth it, Nintendo. Um, please be worth it. I really want it to be good. Like, I want to want your system, man. I don't want to have to rebuy a Wii U to play Breath of the Wild because I don't want an NX. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Obviously, my first week back, I had a feeling it was going to go over because I wanted to talk about this topic last week, but I wasn't here. Um, th- I want to thank McIntyre for sticking it out uh, a little longer than planned. <laughs> <laughs> thank Daniel for, for popping in kind of in the last hour or so when I was uh, gathering some people to do this. Thanks. And obviously, I want to thank Alfred for running things last week and shuffling his schedule around to make our brand new recording time. Uh, for those who don't know, we don't only record on Tuesdays. So, like, if there's a bunch of NX news that hits, like, on Tuesday or whatever, and we're talking about the stuff after the fact, well, sorry. We record on Mondays <laughs> now. We release on Wednesdays. There's a potential of some, like, Patreon support in the future that might get you the podcast on Tuesdays, so then it doesn't sound so far behind, but, uh, like, an audio version of it. But that's a discussion for another time. Thanks for joining the Zell Informer podcast, everyone. Stay, stay awesome. Stay frosty. See you guys. (laughs) Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Bye.